Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to Pinewood Church and welcome to our candlelight service. This is a very special time of the year. We And not supposed to say this, but it, it is one of my favorite services of the year as well. So they're all special. Today is extra special. So thank you so much for joining us. And if you are a guest with us this morning, and I hope you feel like you're a special guest. I hope you feel like this is home. I hope you feel relaxed. I hope you feel loved and seen. We're so grateful that you're joining us today. It's going to be a special service. There's a lot that makes this service special. But the thing that makes it the most special is Jesus. Yeah, it's the right answer. Jesus is always the right answer. But today we're focusing all of our attention and all of our affections on Jesus. This is what the Christmas time is all about. Now, it can feel like Christmas is about a lot of things. Can it not? Busyness. Anybody felt busy this Christmas? Uh, I like to call it full, you know? You know, we don't say we live busy lives, we live full lives because we intentionally choose this chaos in our life and we love it. Um, It could look like gifts. It could look like planning, seeing family members that you may not want to see uh, or ones that you do want to see and you're excited about. But it can look like a lot of different things. And if we're not careful, we can become extremely distracted and get our attention and our affections off of what this is really all about. Christmas is about Jesus coming to earth. And that is what we celebrate, the light of the world coming to earth. So tonight, I want to talk briefly with you about the subject of light. It's a candle light service, and you have a candle underneath your seat. And at the end of the service, we're going to be lighting that candle. And my hope is to really set the stage for you so that as you light that candle, your focus and your attention is on Him. And my hope is that as you focus on Him, you make a decision today. Today, I believe, is not a day to just make a memory, just to have a wonderful shared experience. My hope is that today you make a decision. And maybe for some of you, it'll be the most important decision you've ever made in your whole life. So let's start from the beginning. Let's go all the way back on Genesis chapter 1. Let's look at the first three verses. This is... God's words on display. Genesis 1, God's words on display. It says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Darkness covered the earth, then God brought light. In creating the sun, now all humankind can clearly see his word and experience his love on display. John 1, let's move to the New Testament in John chapter 1, and let's start in verse 1. 
Again, this says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Darkness covered the earth. Then God brought light. In sending his son, now all humankind can clearly see his word and experience his love on display. I want to give you a theology of light. I think light, if we're not careful, can become many different things, but light is incredible, is it not? It gives us, light gives us sight, it gives us color, and it profoundly gives us a mystery that we cannot understand. Light is very powerful and is incredible, but light is not a a what, light is a who. Light is God. And the Bible says this. In 1 John 5, 7, 5, in 1 John 1, 5 through 7, it says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. Not a what is the light. God is light. And there's absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, of blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. We see in John 3:16 that God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son into the world. He sent light into the world. At a point in time, have you know it's uh, winter solstice time? Yesterday was pretty sad. Around like 3.30, it was getting dark. How many of you know this is like the time of the year that it just gets dark around lunchtime, you know, and you're going, why? Does anybody love darkness? Nobody loves darkness. No, we love the light to linger as long as possible. I think it's incredible that even just at this point and at this moment in time, Whenever it is the darkest, the most, we're celebrating the brightest light that comes to pierce through the darkness. And the scripture teaches us here that when the light pierces through, the darkness cannot overcome it. So when God, he loved, he looked down on all humanity and he loved us so much and there was so much darkness, he said, I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send the light of the world to come on a love rescue mission to rescue all humanity to bring light to their life. And it says that this light is the life of men. That in the light of Jesus, in our darkest, darkest pit of despair, in our sin and our humanity, we were hopeless. But God, because of his love, sends us his light. He is the light. 
The second thing that I want us to see from the text is that God is the light and we are dark. You're like, that is not what I thought you were going to say. Come on, isn't this the encouraging message? God is light. You are light. Go tell it on the mountain. We're going to get there. But before we get there, we first need to get here. Because this is the theology of light, that we are dark. <clears throat> Chap, uh, verse 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Has anybody had a parent that told them that nothing good happens after dark? So we have this idea that, that darkness equals sin, but it's even worse than that. So we don't, in, in our darkness, we don't just have a sin problem. We are the sin problem. We don't have sinful behaviors, therefore we're sinners. We are sinners, therefore we behave like that which we already are. So there's this desperate need for something other than the darkness. This is what is called in theological terms, original sin. Psalms 51.5 says, Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. All right. Original sin, there it is in the Old Testament. What about the new? Romans 3.23. For all, everybody say All. All have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. That there is not one person throughout all humanity, that's right, even your grandmother, she was a sinner. Everyone that you could possibly imagine that was just the best and greatest person in the whole world, guess what? Horrible, wretched sinner. What? I know this is news to somebody this morning, but the reality is that we are all, myself included, we're all sinners. We've all sinned against God. And this isn't something that ha had to be taught to us. This is who we are. We are sinners. And God looked down at the sin of all humanity and said, they need a light. They need the truth. They need to see. And this is where God offers life. God is light, we are dark, but God offers life. In verse 9 it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. Now, I don't think that there is anyone in this room that would say that they're perfect. I've actually never met that person. No matter who you are and no matter what you believe, everyone says, okay, I don't know that I believe in maybe your God, but I do believe in a God. And whatever that standard is of perfection or righteousness or holy, I mean, I think I'm, I'm safe to say I'm below that. Anybody here think they're better than Mother Teresa? We would still say, we're maybe, yeah, we're probably not even, if that's the standard, yeah, I'm probably not there. The, what he's asking for is not our perfection and not our holiness in our own effort. 
Look what the text says. If we confess. Now, what is this confession? Now, confession is not, I need you to tell me what a horrible sinner you are. It's not, I need you after the service to confess your sins one to another. Come on, how many know we would be here all day? We, would not, we could not do that. Confession is actually agreeing with God about who you are and about who he is. That's what confession is. Confession is you making an agreement with God about what is already true. If you confess, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is really good at forgiving everything. His blood on the cross, when he died, how many of you know, if he died to defeat death, he died to defeat your addiction. If he died to defeat the hell and the hell in the grave, he died to defeat your doubt and your shame. That on the cross, when he died and when he rose again, the same resurrecting power that raised Christ from the dead is powerful enough to forgive you of all sins, to wash you white as snow. The light comes in, which is the light of life, and he reveals the truth. And he brings forgiveness and he brings life. See, it's hard for us to really see how good Christmas is in light of Jesus if we don't really see how miserable it is in the dark. And that's why a lot of testimonies they hear is just, you know, I love hearing these testimonies is I was at my wit's end, I was at the end of my rope, I had tried everything, then I found Jesus. And everything changed. He changed my life. He gave me hope. He forgave my sins. And he started to restore things that were broken inside of me. Man, I never thought I would break the addiction. But then I found, I had this encounter with Jesus. And just like that, addiction was gone. And I was set free. Until, until you know the depths and despair of sin, it's hard to really appreciate and be grateful for this time of the year that, oh, wow, Jesus came. Not just in the darkest of humanity, darkest hour of humanity, but in the darkness, darkest hour of my life. He came. And by him coming then, by God sending him then to live the life, to die and to be raised from the dead, it still affects me just as powerful as it was then. That same power, it still affects me today. This is fresh. This is fresh good news for us today. So no matter where you are, if you are here and you don't believe in Jesus, this is great news for you today. Or maybe you do believe in Jesus. Great news again today to be reminded of it. He offers his life and this confession that he's asking is this, is this confession of agreeing with him. I am a sinner, you are Lord. What is Jesus after here? Honesty. How many you know that any relationship that is healthy is built on a foundation of honesty? How can you have trust apart from honesty? But every time you lie, 
trust is broken and the relationship becomes broken. And for some, you know, it becomes distant over time. What God is asking here, and this, this is my ask today, especially when we go into the moment where you light the candle and you have a moment of reflection and the band is going to play and the lights will be out and you're looking at the light. My question is, are you just being honest with yourself? Are you being honest with yourself before God? To say, God, that's me. I'm, I'm, been, I'm living in darkness and I need this great light. Light gives sight. Isaiah 9.2 says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned and those living in the land of, for those living in the land of darkness. This light that was prophesied in Isaiah, this light was Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. Ephesians 5.8, For you were once darkness, but now you are the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light. This passage is for those that have confessed Jesus as Lord. I was once in darkness, but I've confessed Jesus as Lord. And something very powerful happens here. God, who is light, says that now he comes to live inside of you so that you may shine his light to others. Therefore, he calls you the light of the world. Now, this light is not your light because of your good works. Hear me clearly. This light is God's grace and favor in your life that he chose you, that you received him, that he comes inside of you, and that now as his kids, his children, sons and daughters of God, we get to reveal that light to others. Which, as we look ahead at even the candlelight moment coming up, when you go to light that candle, that can mean one of many different things to you. For, me, for, for some of you, I hope that means as you go to light that candle, you become honest before God and you say, God, I need you. Light of the world. I need you to forgive me of my sins. Thank you for shining your light. Thank you for sending your love. Forgive me. For some of you, as you light that candle, it may be a remembrance that just as this candle shines bright, I'm not meant to be hidden either. I'm meant to shine as love towards others as well. And maybe this decision for you could be like, I want to shine brighter. I want to make an impact into the darkness. What the light avoids, darkness invades. And we, as the light of the world, are meant to go into dark places, to go into the workplaces, to have the hard conversations, to share about the good news of Jesus to those that are living in the darkness. Now, that's a little bit of a theology of light and how God is light and our response, our appropriate response to God's light. Now, what are some benefits of God's love and God's light in our life. First, we see that darkness blinds you, light guides you. Darkness blinds you and light guides you. Even just last night, we were at an event and at one after another, the kids were coming up to me saying, Dad, can I borrow your phone? Can I borrow your phone? Why do you need my phone? Well, I need your flashlight. Why do you need my flashlight? Well, there's a tunnel and we want to see 
what's on the other end of this tunnel? Now, who knows what tunnel this was or where they were wanting to go. Didn't seem like a great idea. I did not give them my light. But this is the reality of darkness. If I were to cut all the lights out right now and you, no lights are coming in, and I just said, all right, everybody get out. It would be pure chaos. This would be, people would die. This would be bad. Broken leg for sure. There's steps. It's pitch black. Why? Darkness blinds you. You can't see. Where there's no light, there is no sight. But light, on the other hand, it guides you. It's impossible for us to find our way apart from the light of Jesus. It's impossible to know our destiny, to know where we're going apart from the light of Jesus. This is why I love this passage out in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You trying to lead your life is like you intentionally turning the lights off in your life and saying, let's just start walking and see where it takes us. That's you rejecting. That's you putting your trust in your efforts. That's you putting your trust in your life, saying, I think I have a better plan. You may get somewhere, but you're not going to get your destiny. You may get somewhere, but you're not going to get your purpose. And eventually, in that darkness, you will find yourself lost because there's nothing to guide you. But the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and he will guide you. Number two, darkness conceals, light reveals. Darkness conceals, light reveals. Have you ever tried to play hide-and-go-seek in a very, very well-lit house? It's much harder than a pitch-black house. Why? Darkness conceals but light reveals. This is why I love this. There's this saying that says you're only as sick as your secrets because it's really in those dark places is that which you want to conceal. No one should see this. No one should know this part of my life. But the light reveals the truth. Jesus is the light that reveals the truth in your life. C.S. Lewis says it this way. I believe in Christianity as I believe in the sun, that the sun is risen, not only because I see it, but because I see it, I see everything else. Don't you just love a good C.S. Lewis quote? Light reveals the truth. This is, this is true in any walk of life. Uh, a bathroom that you go into where the bulbs are just too big. Big bulbs, big problems. You go in, the light shines bright on your face. Now you see gray hairs. Now you see wrinkles and the booger in your nose that somebody should have told you about a long time ago. Why? Big bulbs, big problems. The brighter the lights get, the more you see clearly the truth of what's actually going on. And this is what Jesus does in your life. Jesus came to make the blind see. Amazing grace, how sweet this sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And then the final benefit of light is that darkness feels hopeless, but light gives hope. 
if, if I know there's an end to my pain, I can endure. That's why anybody do ice baths? Good, good for you guys. Good, hey, good for you. Me neither. You know, come on. Those people are crazy. No, I'm just playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I respect the ice bath people in the house today. I have big respect. But if you have a time on it, anytime I've ever done an ice bath, if I have a time on it that says I can be in there for two minutes, I can stay in there for two minutes. Because I know that there's going to be an end. I know that there's going to be hope. I'm going to get out and I'm going to warm up like a normal person and I'm going to go on and live my life. The same is true in our pain as well. And this is why whenever you get to, whenever you're walking with people going through a difficult time, the worst, the worst place that it could possibly be is not going through things. We all go through things. We all have trials. We all have suffering. We all feel overwhelmed, right? We all do this. That's not the worst. The worst is when you go through that year after year after year until eventually you're in a conversation with somebody and they say, I feel hopeless. Meaning, I I see no end to this. What's the point in even keep going? My response would be Jesus. Because the light you know how, I don't know if you've seen these bulbs now, but they're these uh, can lights that are LEDs now that and when they go out, you got to replace them. I'm renovating my home right now. And I just, I, just didn't, I just way overdid it on lights. Surprise, surprise. We installed 37 of these guys in our living room. <laughs> way too many, way too many lights. I just way overdid it. And (laughs) eventually, that light's going to go out. And that's going to be a massive headache for me when those do. Because you don't change the bulbs in these things. They're cans. They're built into it. So eventually, they're going to go out. And I feel like we view God that way. Like eventually, it's good for now, but eventually it's going to go out. I want to give an encouragement for you today. And this is how you can know that for the rest of your life, with Jesus, you can have hope. His light never runs out. How can that, which is a person and is eternal, ever possibly run out of that, which who he is, that's eternal. Therefore, if Christ is our light, Christ is our hope. And it's an eternal hope that does not shift or change by the outside circumstances or what happens, what darkness happens on the outside of us. But Jesus is eternal and all powerful and he's living inside of us. Ephesians teaches us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the darkness. But if you're a follower of Jesus today, then you have the light of Christ living inside of you. He says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That in him we have hope and we have hope for all of eternity. 
John 1, 4 through 5. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Cannot, will not, did not, forevermore, his light will shine bright. Have you thought about how important it is that here we are 2,000 years ago? 2,000 years from him coming and a body of believers, incredible, houses filled with people. Lighting a candle today, declaring that his light still shines bright. And it's not getting darker anytime soon. It's expanding. And it's growing. And it's getting brighter and stronger. Why? Because it's an eternal light. That always gives hope. Says in John 14, 6, as we look through these benefits of light, we see that darkness blinds you, light guides you. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way. Here we see a second thing is we see darkness conceals and light reveals. Jesus says in John 14, 6, he says, I am the truth. And then we see darkness feels hopeless, light brings hope. And John 14, 6 says, I am the life. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. So you have a decision today. We're going to move into a time of of lighting of the candle. Why don't you go ahead and grab the candle? It's under your seat. Why don't, you, why don't you go ahead, grab the candle, hold the candle. There's, there's three people that I want to talk to, talk to today. The first is the person who has yet to make the decision to make Jesus Lord of their life. In a moment, we're going to cut all the lights out. And the candle is going to be lit. As that candle is lit, I want to give you an invitation to make a decision to make Jesus Lord of your life. The Jesus, I've been walking in darkness. I am a sinner. Why not agree with Jesus? I'm a sinner. Agree with Jesus. I'm a sinner. And I believe that you came to save me in my sins. I put my trust in you today. Normally at the end of the service, we do a prayer where we all say a prayer together for you to make a decision. I want to give you a little bit of encouragement. Why don't you just talk to Jesus tonight, this morning? Why don't you have an honest conversation with Jesus? Tell him where you're at. Have an agreement with Jesus. Say, I agree. I'm a sinner, but I want to make you Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. When you pray that prayer, Pray it in your mind. Use your lips however you choose. Jesus will forgive you of your sins. It says in Romans, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So maybe that's you. The next person, as you go to light the the candle, maybe you're the believer in the room who is content living in a dim house. What do I mean? 
That was great timing. It's great timing. Great timing. Maybe you're content living in a dim house. What does that mean? So I, I installed 37 can lights. Do you realize how many can lights that is in one big room? That's 37 lights. I think, I think 10 would have sufficed. And I was, I was in a kitchen yesterday with my wife, and, and it was, or she had it turned down so low that I could hardly see. I said, why so dim? And she said, I've just got used to being in the dark because we didn't have lights for so long. I've just got used to living in the dark. And I said, and I said, and I, I, I started turning up the light and she, and she was like, oh, but it got up one. And she's like, that's bright. And I was like, no, 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 you wait, you wait, you wait. I was like, and then by the time it's on, she's like on her knees, just like, shut it off. I can't see. I said, that's bright. That is bright. For some of you, you've gotten comfortable living in a dim house. I want enough of God to get me to heaven. I just don't want the full power of his light to reveal and convict my life. So you get so accustomed to living in a dim house that you think that's how you're supposed to operate. I want to encourage you, the light shines bright and it will reveal every corner and crevice of your life that you feel hopeless, that you feel burdened, that you feel burned out. If you let the light in, some of you, as you light that candle, I just want you to imagine you're turning up the dimmer in your soul and you're saying, God, I want all of you. Light up my life. Fill me with your light. I'm too accustomed to living in a dim house. I've almost forgot that I had the full access to the light. I want all of you, Jesus. And then the third person as you light, maybe you're saying, you know, I, I really wanna make a difference in the world. As you light this candle, I want you to remember the words of Jesus where he says, you are the light of the world. How, how can humanity know about the light if those that have the light aren't willing to tell them about the light? Man, you're in the dark? Nah, it's my light. It's your own light. This light guides me. No. No, 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 no. Scripture teaches us that a city on a hill cannot be hid. That we're made to shine so bright that the city that looks in on us is drawn to us. Because, man, I want what they have. I want the light that they have. This picture that Jesus was depicting was a picture of a united church. One light, one Jesus. In loving unity and in loving harmony together. That's why I love the candlelight service so much. It's one thing to light the candle and to think introspectively, which I encourage you to do. Make a decision. I encourage you to do that. But I also think there's something profound to at some point look up and look around at all of the light. Guys, we are powerful when we stay bright together. It's an unstoppable force when we're united together. Not getting distracted, not being disunified, but being united together as one body, shining bright the light of Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening. 
If you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep coming back.